Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we'll be discussing Chapter 9 of Whither Are We Traveling, titled Bread or a Stone. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, uh, we only have three of the four of us. We have Worshipful Brother Jared Dunham from Penticton 147 up in lovely, I'm sure, although I've never been there, Penticton, British Columbia. Uh, very Worshipful Brother David Colbeth from King's Hallman number 60 in, it's pretty nice, Auburn, Washington. And uh, I'm Matt Apple, and I am a member of Mill Creek number 243, and we meet in the suburbs of Montlake Terrace, Washington. And today, as I said earlier, we'll be discussing Chapter 9, Bread or a Stone, from the the work from the Whither Are We Traveling paper, which I'm sure you've all listened to, uh, thanks to Jared's mellifluous uh, production of, of the readings of the papers. Uh, so I will start with the... the always best received question of so what do you guys think well first of all at some point we're going to have to remedy this that you've never been to the okanagan valley it's gorgeous it's lovely you know, i'm I, telling you it is just to die for i've actually driven we've i've been to banff and lake louise and i actually drove near the okanagan oh is it okay <laughs> it's in the mountains in canada whatever you know <laughs> the great white north <laughs> close enough we drove well we did drive through we drove from calgary across and then down into washington one time so yeah, it's the it's the down into washington part that's the important part of that trip because <laughs> you wanted to get rid of me i see how it is no i'm saying well no you can get because there's different ways to get from calgary across and then down i know we went through kamloops then you didn't go through the okanagan uh sorry, sorry. We will have to rectify that. You will have to. In 2025? That's is, that when, is that when our Grand Lodge is in Kelowna? Yeah, 2025. If you can wait that long. Grand Lodge is in Kelowna in 2025? Yeah. 2025. Nice. We'll have to work that out. Yeah. And it's the last week in June? It's usually it's the, the weekend after It's us. the weekend closest to St. John's Day. Oh, that's even better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those that can't see me, <laughs> I will look a bewilderment. This Wait, is 27, like a good, 27th like of June, right? Mason, you don't know when your two St. John's days are? <laughs> I was getting mixed up between June and December, which 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 day it is in December versus June. Oh, okay. 27th of June? Uh, no. Not, well, um, like the 17th or no, something 17th like that, of or... June, 27th yeah. of December. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's usually falls on the weekend after ours. So, now that we've completely digressed... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We haven't even got to uh, talk about the paper at all, other than me mentioning the title. <laughs> so I, I was cajoling with these guys earlier that basically I agree with this chapter and we're done. <laughs> Thank you for joining Thank us. <laughs> well, I actually, what most of it, most of it, yeah. some of it. Okay. Reading through it. I keep, I, I see. It, this is an interesting thing with like reading through this one and it being, you know, a 60 year old paper. We done that. 
Like we have up here, up here in our jurisdiction. I mean, we have our directors of Masonic education in every lodge. We have our district education officers and we have the Ashlar College of Freemasonry. So, I mean, we kind of have education coming out of our yin yangs. Actually, okay, but I do have a question. Do you guys have a lodge of education and research down in the state in Washington? We have two lodges of research, uh, one of which I'm a member of. Oh, okay. And how active are they? Long pause. <laughs> it used to be more. So I, I will start by saying I know nothing about the Spokane Lodge of Research. Right. I, I know it exists, but beyond that, I have no idea how active or inactive they are. The um, uh, Walter F. Meyer number, I want to say 281, is uh, that meets in Seattle. I'm a member, like I said. It's um, They meet quarterly. They have people talk and stuff, but it's they used to put out like a book, like, you know, like, like a heritum, kind of not quite that nice, but along those lines, kind of, you know, proceedings and papers right. and that sort of stuff. And and they really don't do that much anymore. Right. Because yeah, we have two up here, um, one in Victoria, which apparently isn't very active. And then there's the one down in Vancouver, which is the one that hosts our Grand Masonic Day. At least I think they're the ones that host our Grand Masonic Day every year. So. Which as of this recording is coming up, but unfortunately as of the broadcast will be long over long past yeah. yeah so hopefully it's it was great because i think we're gonna go are you guys going i'm trying to talk matt into it <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I, I need to talk to the the knower of things that, uh in the other room there but i i'm hoping yes i may have to i may have to work some extra long hours during the week just so i could have a day off in april because that would i, I mean like I, I yeah i was it's probably longer for you. It's longer for you to get there than it is for us, though, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> I think so. Vancouver is about a four-hour drive. Yep. Yeah. It's so. about four, three through. Well, it's probably about the same for me. Three, but you guys, you guys have that lovely I five corridor, and I've got the mountains. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which this weekend got shut down because of snow. Yeah, the thing um, we also have is the border crossing, though, so yeah. <laughs> that may uh, undo any Not advantage. And digression again. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. What well, no, is when I was when I was reading through this one, as I said, that you know, it seems we've taken this to heart. We've got a lot. And I mean, I'm not saying that just as someone who's involved in education up here in our Grand Lodge, but it's you know, we have a lot of education up here. Um, however, are people, hmm? but are people expected to participate? Is that I, I think and maybe I wove it into my own mind, and that's what I read. But the idea of expectations. Was, when you say expected to participate, meaning like if we have a discussion in lodge, people will actually venture yeah. forth an opinion. Well, that, but 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 do they also you have that Asher College? Does everybody do the Asher College? Does is there an expectation no. of certain things? Every Saturday morning, you're going to go and have an educational discussion, a, a real philosophical discussion, or an understanding of what the degrees are about, or what right. where are Masons? Or I think, see, I like the way we've done it up here because it's that. And, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to relate this to a story of teaching people how to fence, because this is always a big issue is that you get we I run classes. I teach people how to fence up here, historic fencing. And the issue that we always run into is the new person shows up and you have to run them through the basics while everyone else sort of stands on the sidelines or is like so is because they've already learned this stuff. And so and every time you get a new person in, it kind of sort of jostles your lesson plan a little bit because you've got to get people caught up. Whereas with like things like our Ashlar College of Freemasonry, a new Mason can apply and take these courses 
outside of the lodge uh, to have an extra thing to help them sort of get up to speed on what things are doing. But it's also, and it's good for people uh, who are not very self-directed, who will just like, I'm different. I tried the Ashfire College and it didn't work as much for me because my interests sort of, I'm, I'm not sort of, I don't like taking a course you know, where they say, well, you're going to learn this, where like, I'd rather just read a book and sort of see where that leads me. So, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, the, the expectation that uh, of a new Mason is that, you know, um, a lot of lodges do do um, at least monthly, what we call more light nights where they can come to the lodge hall and ask questions. And if we think they can handle the answer, we give it to them. So, is is there a series of educational classes though that a new Mesa and apprentice he must learn these things other than just hearing the lecture and then moving on to the next degree and maybe memorization? Is the, are there certain things that he must do to be able to go to the next degree? Well, I mean, on and on. Yeah, other than our proof up, not really. But I mean, and if you, this is the one thing that I, I disagreed with with this article, with this chapter, this time was because he had this whole, this one paragraph where he talks about, you know, we recite, 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 you know, and then, you know, if the new Mason doesn't want to memorize, you know, he's, and I'm like, but didn't a few chapters ago, he complained about the fact that people need to learn rituals. So I feel, I feel sorry for the master of his lodge. Cause if the festive board is bad, it's the master's fault. If there is an education in lodge, it's the master's fault. If no one knows their ritual, it's the master's fault. And I'm like, it seems like an awful lot to lay at the foot of the master of a lodge. That was, there is the the part of the article where you're just talking about, about where he says, like, we have, we have 57 varieties of of, uh, of different Masonic education. And, and I wrote next to it, my notes to myself on that paragraph are, yes and no. Because there's, I feel like I want choices in my Masonic education. Like I want to be able to go to whatever, do the Scottish Rite Southern Jurisdictions Master Craftsman Program or Ashler College, although I'm looking at their website and we're not eligible to do it just for the record, David. So you can set aside your dreams there. Um, the, uh, but the, so I want gonna, all those I'm going to make my own. There you go. <laughs> uh, another grand lodge resolution anyway the uh <laughs> we have so i want all those options right i want people to be able to find what speaks to them in you know however you know some people i learn well in a classroom environment other people really don't and that's fine you know i'm i'm, I'm all for the different options one of the things actually that bugs me is that and I think it's related to this 57 varieties comment and, and another comment he makes later on is that we change too often. Like I, we've lamented this before that the master of the lodge or the grandmaster changes at once a year. And then, you know, you suddenly, you know, Oh, we, we don't, we're not doing that program anymore. We're doing this program. And Oh wait, not that program. Now we're doing this program. And you don't, sometimes these things don't take off in a year. Sometimes they'd take, you know, some building and some, refinement you know oh it didn't work great but it worked okay maybe if we tweak it here and tweak it there we can make this thing work better and a lot of times you just don't get that commitment to a three or five year process that that i think would help a lot of these programs do better yeah i guess the thing i would say back is that his section he talks about 
you know, a first grader is not handed a set of books, which they'll tell you how to need to know how to how get a high school diploma. You can't expect, in my opinion, you can't expect a, an apprentice Mason or a brand new guy coming through to just know what books to pick up or now he might ask, we might give him suggestions, but I, th- I feel like there should be at least like a minimal course of instruction to take a person, a man through the, through from one degree to the next and from the next degree to the next. And then once he, and then beyond the third, beyond the third degree, if he wants something more, then he can research it. Or even in between, if he's, you know, some guys are talking about, some guys are really fast at learning 90 day wonders. And so if they are able to absorb and contemplate and get through that initial instruction between the degrees, then yeah, if they want to venture out a little bit, but there, we've talked about it for five years now, lots of different things. So how can a a person moving from an apprentice to fellow craft Mason really be able to comprehend more than what's just in the lectures or in the, in the, the work that's been given just in the first degree. But why should they? Why should they understand it? What like what about locations? Okay, so here or, or be given. Like, some well, here's context. my counter. Here's my here's my counterpoint to that. Yeah, is that they need to learn the work first before they can understand it. Yeah, and so the question I I always say I have for you is that is it not enough for them to know the work to progress? Because once again, that we're talking about a lifelong commitment. You don't need to know everything all at once. No, and you, need the, to know, you need to know enough to be able to not commit a faux pas and lodge. So there's a great example. So maybe there should, should be basic etiquette taught. But it is. Oh, well, okay. I, I should say, I shouldn't say, but it is. <laughs> is that not the is that not the purpose of the mentor? Is to guide them because you when you it's so hard to do this without knowing a what you guys ask in your prove-ups and be talking too much about the prove-ups because <laughs> well no because there's in okay in our in, in the prove-up that Stephen and i do because we do we do ancient craft work it's long and we it literally you in order to move on to the next degree you basically have to explain in open lodge what happened in that degree so you have to know what so and show certain signs and tokens in order to move. So as you're learning your prove memory work for your prove up, you are learning the basics, I think, what I call the basics for an edit apprentice. I agree with that. And, and we have a similar catechism that's lengthy. Yeah. Not all lodges do it because it's not required by our code. There's some very... <laughs> Jared just went bug-eyed. <laughs> our, our constitution, our code doesn't re- only has a very limited requirement. And then they have the magic words that the lodge is the sole judge of proficiency. Right. With, with these exceptions, they have to be able to do these things, these, these right. few things, but which is not, <clears throat> you know, I, I would evangelize that our constitution, our code says there is one standard work in our case, there's one standard work. You will do no other. And in the standard work, there isn't a short form of the posting lecture of the prove up. There isn't a short form. It's, it's the whole thing. There isn't like, oh, this is optional. This is optional. But then the code contradicts itself because it says the lodge of the soldiers of proficiency, but then it contradicts itself because it says, oh no, you need to have these minimum items. 
but it says there's only one standard work and you'll do no other and there's no short form in the standard work. So yeah, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm trying to get some resolutions passed or through to be reviewed at our communication and resolutions are a hot button for me right now and, and standard work and the language and the code and all that kind of stuff. But I guess what I'm thinking is, you know, some elementary level education, uh, like in our, we have a lodge officer's handbook. And so in there you could teach them some basic etiquette and yes, we have a mentor's guide as well. Is it pro is it well advertised and well used? I don't think so. There's actually a mentor. I mean, there, I don't, I think it may have been carefully not, not, not on purpose, but in, in indirectly cut out of the new educational methods of our, which I'm trying to get put back in, but yeah, there's, it says, this is how you should greet people. This is how you should stand in lodge. This is how you, should, you know, all these kind of fundamental things. And so, no, I'm not trying to say that a guy should learn everything or know everything. And yes, he's going to learn some of that stuff, some of the basics of his degree in his catechism, in his proving up. He's really just like in the degree, they get overwhelmed with lots of information. Just like in the in the prove up in the catechism, you're gonna all you're you're really focused on just memorizing it, getting it to the next level. And then once you get there, you don't necessarily pause and study it, you go on to the next one. And then now you're in this massive information overload and the degree and the lecture and all that. And then then they're they're required to learn the next catechism. And there's no time. So maybe it boils the question. I think we've talked about it before, the speed of masonry. How how fast should you go through the degrees? I mean, what should it really be a three-year process? Or longer or something? I don't know. But you you kind of hit the you hit a point there where you says that you you it's information overload because it's just dumped on you. First degree, second degree, third degree. And I think and time is is the key to this, but time in that you go through the degrees and then you sit as a member of lodge and watch others go through the degrees. And that's when you pick up the things. So like, so yeah, so it, it, I don't, I don't really think that there needs to be for the, for the basics, I think sit and, and, and I know I, I, people don't necessarily learn through osmosis, but you do learn by going to lodge, watching the degrees, having things click in your mind, you know that so i don't know if we need a course of education for that like a, a, a rigid like a specific course of education for that i, I think that i think what you, and we've talked about this in mentoring when we were talking about mentoring is that you, you basically that's a, a, what you need is someone to be able to point things out to you or to you know when you have that look on your face ask you that question is there something that's confusing you um, I mean, part of like at, as a as a lodge um, director of Masonic education, when we're installed, the first thing we're told is we are expected to um, instigate informed discussion. Mm, I like that. Yeah, and I think that's and I always focus on that one word is the informed discussion, so that it takes it takes the onus away from me as director of education. And puts it on the rest of the members of the lodge to to go go forth go forth and seek information, and then come back to lodge and 
you know, we'll vet it for, you know, whether we, we agree or disagree or, you know, maybe it's something we haven't seen before. I thought you focused on the word instigate. I that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Rabble rouser. Rabble rouser. That's me. <laughs> and I, I guess I'm not saying that everybody has to have like a degree, no pun intended, in masonry that now you could oh, I put on my wall, oh yes, I am I've mastered the three degrees of masonry or whatever. It's just that I think there's a need for some structure if a lodge wants to give more or something different. Looks like six steps. Here's here's a, a framework to use. If you want to do something different but similar that fits better with your lodge culture, go for it. But just use something. Here here's a framework. A lot of lodges, I think, don't have any <laughs> framework or they don't realize there's a framework. And so I think that's what I'm looking for is here. If you don't know what else to do, here's what's to do. Or if you get into a lodge and the lodge doesn't support that for whatever reason, and you want it, you can plug into it. And I think that's a role of the grand lodge that grand lodge could help with that. Um, how often in your, in your meetings, um, and I'm going to assume that in your meetings or much like our meetings, there comes a point when the master asks if anyone has anything for the good of Freemasonry. How often have you stood up at that point if the lodge hasn't done anything on education and said something or started a discussion about something? Because it's it's the perfect time. So I I would absolutely, and the the problem is that I don't want to call out any guys specifically, but there's some of the people that have been in the East or even, well, just even other lodges. I want to talk about my lodge, any lodge they have chosen for whatever reason, not to have education. And without having talked with the master beforehand to, to, in my opinion, take that opportunity or delegation or whatever you want to call it that uh, from away from him, now, if he had come to me after before and said, hey, David, would you be willing to talk about education tonight? Okay, sure. Or if I had talked to him beforehand, say, hey, worship master, I would like to talk about this thing tonight. That's great. But just to kind of break out in the end and say, oh, I'm Mr. Education in the good of the order. Now, if that was the lodge's custom, if that's where those kind of things came up, maybe, and that could become a new custom. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I, what I do think should happen. We have all these Grand Lodge committee men and officers and all these. How many do you think there are? 100, 150? If you include all the committees and stuff, yeah, something like that. Probably, yeah. So I would bet at every lodge meeting, there's got to be two to five people in every lodge that have some connection with a committee or with an officer or so, some responsibility, either in Grand Lodge or in a very closely tied concordant group that's Masonic specific, Scottish Rite, York Rite, those kind of things. There's got to be two to five guys. What I think should happen is during that 
closing uh, part, of the, part of that or the announcements is that that is the responsibility of that committee person or leader, if you will, in those organizations to do exactly what you said and to have a message. Now there's five of them. They don't need five <laughs> messages, <laughs> but maybe amongst the, amongst them, they should decide, okay, who's the ranking person or who has the most interesting topic or whatever. But yes, I think that a, a grand lodge or a, a ranking member, if you will, I hate to just say that without some backing to it, but somebody that seems to be there with some, you know, with, in our case, with a white badge or with some authority, they should have some kind of message about what their committee's doing, about what their organization's doing that has some Masonic connection. Why, why, why were you asked and agreed to participate in what you're doing, whatever it is? In my case, I'm, I'm on three committees. If I, I should stand up and talk about what's happening in the, in the Masonic world of real estate, why it's important to maintain your buildings, why it's important to make sure you have uh, leases in place, you know, whatever, some 30 second bullet. Now, would I do that in my own lodge? Cause I talk a lot in my own lodge. I don't know. They want to tell me, shut up. But, <laughs> but if I'm visiting a lodge, I think it is almost the responsibility of that officer or committee person to stand and say, Worshipmaster, thank you for the opportunity to speak. I'm here on behalf of the Veteran Services Organization, Veteran Services Committee. We are doing this and this and this, and we hope that you, we, your lodge can connect with us or whatever, that, you know, or I'm a trustee in the Washington Masonic Services Trustee Board. Uh, we want to connect with you because of this, or I'm on the Rainbow Foundation Board, and we are building a legacy foundation, legacy of funds to support the rainbow in eternity, through eternity, whatever, right? There should be some kind of little message. It's not education that you're asking for necessarily, but in a direct, indirect sense, it is because they're teaching about the ancillary elements of masonry and why it, why those are important with, I'm giving air quotes here. <laughs> why is it important to have 150 people on committees and, and, and then just get a white badge and get introduced? I don't know. I could go on. What is this white badge you're talking of? <laughs> it's, uh, it's Grand Lodge Committee men get white name badges. Let's say you have your committee name on it. Oh, you guys are. So when you go around and you see a white badge, you go, oh, he's on a committee or he's an officer or he's a something or other. He's a Grand, Lo Grand Lodge person. Our lodge would confuse you because we all have white badges. <laughs> <laughs> We're all We're one big, very large. No. Um, and I know I've asked this question before. Do you guys actually, do you guys have? someone in your lodge like a, a specific position that is i see shaking okay that's what i so maybe that's yep. something because I, I find it interesting that it's it because it, that, you keep referring to your, your master as being the one that's instigating education oh. now i think he could or should delegate that i don't think it has to be his responsibility to do it himself it's not his responsibility it's the officer's response well sorry our officer's responsibility his job is just to make sure they're doing their job. Right. Yeah. And, and I think a good master should delegate that yeah. responsibility to somebody. And so even though we don't have a specifically a, a, a station, that's the lodge education officer. He, we certainly could say, Hey, Joe, I want you to be the lodge education right. officer this year and come up with certain tasks, whatever. 
my hope next year is to have some of our newest Masons take two or three words and do some study. Give us five minutes of what you've learned about that and three to five questions that we can discuss. We have our Shrink the Lodge. Three to five questions that we can discuss about that and the things that you've learned. And I'm hoping to assign that over the next you know six or eight months so that they have time to prepare for it. So I have thoughts. Uh oh. The first of which is my opinion. So I actually have a whole speech about this. I don't know if back when they made me chairman of research and education for a year before that ended, um, there was a, uh, I got to talk with Grand Lodge once on behalf of the committee. And I had this whole speech about how the, the, there was a tree and there were roots and there were fruits. It was a whole thing. But nobody, the Masonic education is masonry. There's that. That's the whole point. Nobody joins the lodge to pay their dues or to hear the minutes or to whatever, to vote on things or whatever. That's not why anyone joins a lodge, right? They join to improve themselves, hopefully. Maybe they do join for those other reasons. But the that, that's, that's the point of masonry is Masonic education. I have issues with what sometimes happens when it's happened in my lodge. We're going to have the, whatever the, uh, I should know the officer position titles, but I don't. We're going to have the honcho from the local Royal Arch chapter come in, and he's going to talk about Royal Arch. And he talks about the fact that the Royal Arch chapter meets in the Edmonds building, and they meet on the, whatever, third Tuesday, and their you know dues are $75, and it's really interesting, and you guys should all join. I learned nothing there. You know, I guess technically I learned that they meet in Edmonds, and it costs $75 a year. But really, that did not improve me in any way, shape, or form. Masonic education needs to be more than just. I mean, maybe actually, like he says in this article, maybe we need to name it something else. Maybe, you know, educating people about what the finance committee does is not unimportant, but it isn't masonry. Educating people on how to improve themselves is the important job of masonry. And I think we too often fall into the former and not enough of the latter. Yes. And my other thought is that education should be first. The master should, or the or the education officer, or whoever. The too often we get to the end of the meeting and it's been an hour and forty five minutes, and it gets to be oh you know brother Bill was going to talk about whatever the rough and perfect Ashler, but you know guys it's really late. Hey Bill, how about next time? And it just never happens. Um, and that that bugs me. It should be first, and other stupid things should get pushed out of meetings. Yes. Kudos to our master this year. He's moved ours immediately after opening. We go into the shrink the lodge and have a discussion. I really like that format. Yeah. We I will say something else. I'm sorry. I was going to say, we, we could certainly talk more and more. I, I think we, we've diver, diverged a little bit or uh, gone off topic again, a little bit. And that he's, specifically bread or stone are we he, they're asking for bread they the people that are coming in, he's talking about the people that are coming in they're asking for to be fed to be given knowledge and instead we're giving him these stones or these I, these things that we think are knowledge but you know you give a man a loaf he eats for a day if you teach a man to bake <laughs> he can cook a should, fish. so we part of part of and throw and stones at I, fish i don't know <laughs> i dislike the term masonic educate it should be just education because there's Masonic 
education in education, but then there's other things that are not necessarily Masonic that we need to educate people about. But yeah, I, I, where was I going with this point? Crap, lost my train of thought. Hey, I'm getting old. I'm almost 50, you know. Um, Go ahead, Jared. He was just talking like an old man. I was just talking like an old No, I was just thinking, oh, no, but um, I thought you were leading somewhere there. I was, <laughs> and, and now I've totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, it'll come back to me later. So, um, we're running out of time, but I kind of feel like there's more here. Do we want to come back for another one? I, th I think so. I think we could. Yes, because I've got some other notes that I wouldn't mind talking about. All right, then. So, since David says we're doing it, I guess we're doing it. Uh, <laughs> oh, hell, the mighty David. <laughs> Thank you all for uh, for listening to the Working Tools podcast. As always, we encourage you to to uh, contact us on 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 social media and wherever those places where we are. And we look forward to uh, conversing with you about things. And we look forward to talking to you again on the Working Tools podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>